Hello, hello, welcome everybody to another stream, the second on our philosophy streams. We did an introduction to philosophy um, that was covering pretty much all of the sort of subcategories that we had. We had five different ones there. Uh, if you do want to go and look at that, go look back on the streams, check that out. Maybe uh, if you're watching this um, on a, a VOD, not live, do go do that first before getting into today's stream because it's going to get a little more complicated uh, as we go on. And this stream is advised at a C1 or a B2 level. Uh, and you don't need to know everything that's going on in the stream, but understanding lots of the concepts is really important, especially in philosophy, which for native speakers can be incredibly hard to understand anyway. Um, so if you haven't seen the first episode, I recommend you go watch that. And if you aren't at a high level, you may find this stream difficult to understand. Um, but everyone is welcome here anyway. Uh, hopefully you can pick up some new words and vocabulary. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about epistemology in philosophy. So what is epistemology? And welcome in everybody to the stream. I hope you're doing well. There is a uh, definition on screen for you now of what that uh, exactly is. So it's derived from the ancient Greek episteme, meaning knowledge, and the suffix logia, meaning logical discourse. Um, so there it is on the screen what it means, the direct translations from the Greek. Um, I'll try and explain it in words. It is the philosophy of knowledge or the study of knowledge itself. Uh, what it is, how we come to know that something's true. Um, and this was first defined by Plato as justified true belief. So he would argue that if we had a belief that was true and we could justify it, then we have knowledge. Okay, so that is epistemology it looks at the philosophy of knowledge. And up until 1963, uh, for Gettier's problem, it was widely thought that if something is justified and believed to be true, uh, then it is uh, enough for us to have knowledge of that. Okay, um, so for a long time, from Plato up until uh, you know late in in the nine in the twentieth century, uh, that was believed to be enough to constitute what it is to have knowledge. Welcome everyone from all over the world. Thank you for, uh, yeah, Margarita, very hard topic. This is literally at the top end of what we would do on, on Chatterbug uh, for you guys. So if you don't understand it today, uh, maybe you'll understand it in a few months time. Uh, some of these things I didn't used to understand. A lot of English speakers don't understand, but I studied this uh, at university. I studied philosophy. Uh, so I should know what I'm talking about. Let's let's hopefully I can make it as clear as possible for everybody today. So epistemology, the definition is on the screen. We're talking about knowledge in philosophy, how we come to know that something is true. How do we know that it is true? Uh, and what, what do we require? What sort of things, um, truth, belief, justification, and what do they mean um, in order for us to know that we know something, you know? Here is a quiz question then. Starting off simply, uh, we've put the definition on the first slide and now the question is uh, just to re-emphasize, just to repeat um, uh, what it is 
what epistemology is in philosophy. It's about freedom and rights, nature and art, or knowledge and logic. What is epistemology about? Welcome, Miguel. Gigi, Nasda, uh, Laura, Margarita, uh, Alicia, uh, Henry Fontes, Shafi Rustami, and Patata. Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Everybody else that's in the stream today, we're looking at epistemology, which is the philosophy of knowledge and logic. Uh, so well done, everyone. You got that right. That is the start. And it's going to be a relatively long stream today. I'm going to try to be clear and try to go through all of the only relevant information, the important things, because we could do a stream for 10 hours and talk about this. Um, but I'm going to try to go over complicated concepts in a very short space of time, clearly, which is a difficult job for me to do. So do let me know if it's too complicated. And at the end of the stream, we'll do a feedback session. Uh, and if it's too hard, uh, we'll maybe change this philosophy, um, you know, this series uh, around a bit, okay? But do let me know feedback. Feedback's important. If it's really too difficult, that is fine. We will change it up, okay? We have a priori and a posteriori, okay? Now, these are different types of knowledge, okay? On the one hand, we have a priori knowledge and a posteriori knowledge. This is an important distinction in epistemology, okay? What can be known a priori is independent of experience, okay? So I don't need to see it with my senses, my eyes, I need to hear it. I could be sat in a room with my eyes closed and I know things that are not dependent on my experience. They're independent of the world around me. They are known in my mind, okay? That is a priori. A posteriori is knowledge known through experience. So, oh, I see into this camera here. I know that my camera's here. I know that my light is here. I have knowledge that my light is in front of me because I see it, because I see it, okay? So there are the distinctions and there is a definition on screen. A priori and posteriori knowledge. Things that can be known a priori are independent of experience. And what can be known a posteriori is through experience. Okay? So in epistemology, a priori knowledge is knowledge known independent of reason, experience, or logic. Philosophy can be very fun. Um, it is really fun. I, I love philosophy, but sometimes it is very difficult to understand. And if you don't understand something, it's not usually fun. So you have to take your time with philosophy. Once you get into it, I think it was Wittgenstein that said, uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein said it was a sickness of the mind, philosophy, a sickness of the mind. It's exactly what I'm saying, Patata. Exactly. I, I do understand that. But we are testing this to see how much you guys know and whether philosophy at this level can work on Chatterbug. If not, it's okay. We can change it. I'm happy to stream about anything. Well done, you guys saying experience. Absolutely right. Uh, a priori knowledge is knowledge known independent of experience. 
and it usually uses reason and logic. Um, so definitely it's dependent on those, but it's independent of experience. Okay, so as I said at the start, uh, a widely held view uh, from the time of Plato up until Gettier's problem in 1963 um, was that for something to be, something, someone to have knowledge of something, something to be true, it needs to be a true belief and justified, okay? So we're looking at all three of those things in turn. We're going to go with belief first. One of the core concepts in epistemology is belief. And a belief is an attitude that a person holds regarding anything they take to be true. We all have beliefs, okay, about things that we, we take to be true. We assume that they're true. They're not necessarily true, um, but we assume them to be true and that is our belief. That is subjective, you know. We have um, a belief that something is true. So, for instance, to believe that snow is white... It is the same as accepting the truth that snow is white. Okay? The belief is basically having the truth in your own mind that something is so. So this plays a significant role in epistemological debates surrounding knowledge and justification. Uh, and it has philosophical debates in its own right. What is the rational way to revise one's beliefs when presented with various sorts of evidence, okay? So what is the way we go about thinking with our beliefs when other evidence comes up? That's a question that is incredibly difficult to answer. And do we need our belief to be expressible in language or are there non-linguistic beliefs? So do our beliefs need to be founded on language? Or can we have a belief that is true, but we don't have any uh, language about it? So, for example, we, we could all believe in different gods, but can we know that's true ever without ever having uh, language uh, about it? You guys can have your own opinions on all of these things. Uh, let's, let's move on to truth. That is just belief, okay? And we're going to go belief, truth, justification. And all of these together is a widely held view of what we need to constitute knowledge. To have knowledge of something. To absolutely know it. It's true. Okay? Truth. So truth is a property or state of being in accordance with facts and reality. But you guys know what truth means. That is the philosophical uh, definition. Okay? It needs to be in accordance with facts or reality. This is where it gets very complicated because of, um, you guys might have heard of René Descartes. Truth can be very difficult to obtain with reality because René Descartes said that I think therefore I am. He only knew his mind existed and he didn't trust anything else because he knew that his senses deceived him before. Because um, before he looked into the distance and saw a tree and it was tiny, but he walked up and realised it was massive. The tree was always big. So his eyes deceived him. So for him and for truth, 
um, being in accordance with facts or reality is very difficult, okay? But something being known implies it is true, yeah? Plato, in his Gorgias, argues that belief is the most commonly invoked truth bearer. Uh, and many of the debates regarding truth are at this crossroads between uh, knowledge and logic. Like I said, um, with Descartes. Absolutely, Miguel. Um, but there are philosophical arguments that uh, the problem of other minds, we might talk about that in this stream, depending on how long it goes, uh, is, is how, how do we really know that um, things exist when, for example, when you put a stick in a water, uh, then it looks bent. But if we are to believe that it's bent, then we actually are wrong, right? We, by our senses, if we trust our senses of something to be true, it doesn't necessarily mean it is true because of different things in physics and reality. We could also be hallucinating, um, yeah? So it's more complicated than just that. To know that something's true and to have knowledge of something, we can't make assumptions. This is what Rene Descartes did very, very well. He said his mind was a blank slate, tabula rasa, and he went all the way back for the famous cogito ergo sum. I think therefore I am. That was the only thing he knew was true. If he was thinking, then he must exist. Because in order to exist, you must think. And that's the only thing he based his foundations of knowledge on. Okay? Because of all the problems of everything else. Absolutely, Livia. There we go. Absolutely. Good timing you put that in there. Uh, back to truth then, uh, just to finish off, um, we're just going to go over these shortly. How do we define truth? What things are truth bearers? So what bears truth? What is it to be true? Uh, and capable of being true or false? Is it relative to one's percep per percep perception, I should say, or is it absolute truth? Does it have to be true for everybody or is it relative to one's perception? Yeah, thank you for the donation, Gigi. Very much uh, appreciated. Thank you for that. It's very kind of you. Very, very kind. I hope you are enjoying the lesson. Justification. As the term justification is used in epistemology, a belief is justified if one has good reason for holding it. Okay? So if my, my belief is justified if I have a great reason, if there's logic to it. Yeah? Justification is the reason that someone holds a rational belief, assuming that it's a good reason for holding it. Okay? Once again, Gigi, thank you so much. It does help uh, supporting the stream. Very kind. Sources of justification might include perceptual experience. Okay? So this is like we were talking about, the evidence of the senses. But as we've said, there are problems with this. Um, a belief being justified does not guarantee the belief is true since a person could be justified in forming beliefs based on very convincing evidence that was deceiving. Okay? So why is justification necessary to knowledge? Let's take this example. An ill person, someone that's sick, okay, has no medical training. So me, I get sick. 
I don't know anything uh, about, you know, why I'm sick or what sickness is. I just get sick, okay? But I'm really positive and I'm like, you know, I'll be fine. I'll recover really quickly from this illness, okay? So even if I do recover quickly from this illness, I wouldn't have had the knowledge because it lacks justification. I'm just guessing, okay? It is not justified based on anything I know. Uh, the doctor, though, could justify it, but then we still don't have uh, knowledge because we'll get into it in a minute. It is complicated, okay? This introduces the Gettier problem, okay? So we do, generally, people take it to be true, to have knowledge if something is believed, is true, and is justified. And we don't usually question it because we're not, we're not crazy, okay? But if you do want to get philosophical and get a bit crazy with it, we have the Gettier problem. In 1963, Edmund Gettier published a short but widely influential article and it shaped so much of work since the 1963 to the present time now. So he gives examples where someone has a true and a justified belief but we can say that they don't have knowledge because of luck, okay? And I'll go over this relatively quickly uh, for you guys. So this is the example, right? There is a clock on a campus at university, for example. There is a clock and it keeps the accurate time and is well-maintained, so it ticks, tocks, ticks, tocks. There is a clock and it stops working at 11.48 p.m. last night. It stopped working last night at 11.48 and no one repaired it. So the next day I go to class exactly 12 hours later and I look at the clock and form the belief that the time is 11.48. So my belief is true because it is exactly 12 hours since 11.48 in the evening. It's 11.48 uh, in the morning now and it is justified. I have no reason to doubt that the clock is working, and I can't be blamed, it's not my fault, for basing beliefs about the time on what the clock says. However, it is true that I do not know the time is 11.48, because I could have walked past the clock an hour earlier, and it would have been a false belief rather than a true one. So the justification condition, which was meant to ensure that knowledge was based on evidence, rather than on luck. Um, but this Gettier example seems to show that justified true belief can still involve luck and therefore it falls short of knowledge. Okay, it is a lot to take in. Um, I, we do have a feedback session right at the end and I'm just gonna go over quickly two problems that are more fundamental and more understandable, okay? This is quite abstract, but here is the problem. The Gettier problem seems to show that justified true belief can lead to knowledge. Is that true or false? The Gettier problem seems to show that justified true belief can lead to knowledge. Don't worry if you get it wrong. It's absolutely no problem. Just put in what you think is right. The answer is false. 
um, because it shows that um, a justified true belief can still involve luck and therefore it's short of knowledge. We don't have knowledge of something if luck is based into the reason that it's true uh, and that was the reason in that example that it was true. So the answer is false. The Gettier problem shows that justified true belief can lead to knowledge. That is false. It shows that the luck can be involved and that's why we don't have knowledge over something even if we are justified and have a belief that's true. Could be just coincidence, unfortunate timing. So epistemological problems. Let's talk about the external world and other minds problem really, really quickly. Um, this is what we talked about earlier. This is a fundamental problem with having knowledge of the external world. It's I know that I exist, but how do I know that anything else exists? You know, the, the bent stick that we talked about earlier, it looks, it looks bent in the water, but actually uh, when we take it out, it's straight. How, you know, our mind, our eyes, our ears, everything can deceive us. So how do we know that anything apart from us is real? Okay, that is the external world problem, okay? The straight stick submerged in water looks bent, but it's not, okay? The other minds problem is a problem that we can't know what someone else is feeling. We don't know uh, other minds, okay? We have an example here of a surgeon that tells a patient who's about to have a knee operation that when he wakes up, he will feel sharp pain. So the patient wakes up and the surgeon hears him, oh yeah, oh, it hurts. Um, the surgeon, one could say, the surgeon knows that he is feeling pain, but there is a way that he doesn't know at all how he is feeling. We don't know how someone else is feeling. Even if we've had the same surgery as a surgeon that the patient had, there is no way to know that what they are feeling is being felt by us. This is the problem of other minds, okay? Because it is subjective. It, is, it only can be felt by the person feeling it. The situation is more complicated, okay? Um, so it, it, it's very subjective to know what somebody feels in types of pain. And this, this brings out a bigger problem where it's not possible to talk about science of the mind because everything is... Uh, subjective. So this is the problem of other minds where we don't really know what is happening outside of our own mind. We can never really know how somebody is feeling or how somebody is thinking. Um, and that is an epistemological problem as well as the external world. We don't know about our senses, about what we are seeing. But let's sum up and just say that normally to hold something to be true, to have knowledge of something, which is epistemology, knowledge, something needs to be true, believed, and justified. Okay? That is generally what we can take. If we want to talk fundamentally, we have the external world problems and the problems of other minds, but we assume that these things aren't real uh, to carry on with our daily lives and not to become a philosopher um, that is sick thinking of these things, like I have been in the past. Or absolutely, justification is only a part of the truth, absolutely. So guys, we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, 
I understand it's been very difficult. I don't know what everybody's level is watching this video, but please let me know. Let me have some feedback. Was this completely way too difficult to understand? Was it was it okay, but it, you would like something easier? There is an open question here on stream for you guys to give me feedback, because if it was completely too difficult for everyone, then we will make a different stream. If it was okay for some people, uh, and we have enough people that enjoyed it, we can do it again. So 10 being the most difficult, one being easy. Maybe you should have done it the other way around. And that's absolutely, uh, absolutely fine. If it was too difficult. Because even for me to make this stream, to try and get it into little concepts, um, it is quite complicated for me to do as well because like I said, we could talk about this for 10 hours to understand it fully and talk about lots of different theories, but to be able to do a stream in 30 minutes or so and talk about all of these uh, and explain it correctly, I have a difficult job and I don't know if I've done it right. So I want you guys to let me know and if not, I will change my stream for you guys because the most important thing is that we learn together, okay? That you guys learn from this and take away some information. So for next week's stream, uh, we can make it easier. I think that's what we're getting from here. You can't connect and be on. Okay, that's okay. It's good that feedback. Six, four, eight, six. Okay. But none of you completely uh, stuck by it, but lots of you finding it difficult, which is, which is fine. It's understandable. This was C1 level. Uh, and even for English speakers, lots of these things are complicated. Even for me, I've studied it and not studied it for a while and it's still complicated to get my head around. So we will definitely make it um, a bit simpler for next week. It's good to get the feedback. Sorry if it was too complicated. Um, as ever, guys, if you are looking to get involved in one-to-one -one chatterbug lessons, please use my uh, link. Absolutely not your problem. It's also a difficult, like it's my problem as well, right? To explain this clearly to you guys is complicated. Um, for you guys as learners, we want you guys to learn in the best way possible on behalf of Chatterbug. So if you can't understand it, then I need to change it, okay? It's not your fault at all. It's philosophy is difficult anyway, at whatever level. Exactly, Miguel, exactly. Uh, guys, anyway, I hope you have enjoyed it or at least been interested by philosophy. We will continue with our uh, with our philosophy series, but I will make it uh, a little bit different, okay? Um, we'll maybe like do one theory and use lots of examples instead of talking about knowledge, you know? We'll do it slightly differently and I'll make sure it works for you guys uh, because I think people are interested. I think people do like philosophy, but we need to do it in a slightly different way, okay? Maybe we do it with lots of lots of examples and thoughts so you guys can be thinking of lots of things. Okay, thanks for the feedback and thank you so much for watching. Uh, next week will be a little bit different, as I say, uh, and I'll be doing other streams on the channel, so make sure to, uh, to follow me and check out my other videos. Um, until next week, guys, take care, have a great weekend, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. And thank you once again for the donation, Gigi. Very much appreciated.